Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, once again, Ramsey Mazda, thank you. Back the Blue continues. We back the Blue today especially, but every day, of course. And for me, quite frankly, my entire life, you know, a lot of it will be in my new book. Uh, I have a book coming out. Yes, I do. It comes out in January. You can pre-order it right now, Greg Kelly's new book. It's called Justice for All, Why the Woke Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. Um, Simon & Schuster publishes it. Uh, The date is January 10th. And um, in it, I talk about how we got to this moment, uh, how it was a political operation largely engineered by Barack Obama uh, to uh, dismantle trust in law enforcement so he could gain politically. It's really fascinating. I talk a lot about my dad and growing up as uh, his son. And, you know, by the way, you know, one of the things that's interesting, I remember talking to Bill de Blasio when he was running for mayor. And I was in total shock about what he did not know, not only about New York, but especially about the NYPD. He had no idea how many police officers there were. He did not know the racial component of the police department. Um, he thought it was 90 percent white. That was his guess. He was totally wrong. It's actually more than 50 percent non-white. It's very, very diverse. That was the case actually growing up. I remember one of the earliest memories I have uh, my dad going to work, you know, at first I didn't really know what he did. He, you know, went to work, work, work. That was the word work. And then I found out, okay, he, he caught bad guys. And then one day I saw him actually catch somebody who stole a purse. That was totally wild. And then one day I went in to work with him. I think at the time he was in special operations division. Anyway, a um, I got a ride on a motorcycle. A motorcycle cop gave me a ride on a police motorcycle. And it was like the coolest experience of my life. It was just at that point, I and I was fascinated with motorcycles for years going forward. And by the way, the officer uh, who gave me the ride, he happened to be black. He happened to be a black guy. And why do I point that? What difference does it make? Well, it doesn't make a difference, and that kind of makes the difference. Because people in New York, people in America, you know, we know how to get along. We do. Um, but for some reason, um, and I think very, very much political, they talked up racial division when it had been largely eradicated. You know, part of it, quite frankly, me watching, number one, I grew up in Baldwin, which was very diverse, Baldwin, Long Island, um, and also little things like Sesame Street. You know, it was a diverse cast. That actually had a big impact on me. It made sense that race did not make a difference. And my two favorite characters, the two favorite people on it, as far as the human beings go, were Bob and Gordon. Uh, they were friends, Bob and Gordon. They seemed so cool. I actually liked, number one, Bob seemed like such a really nice guy, genuinely nice guy, and and so did Gordon. But I thought Gordon was a little bit cooler because he wore a turtleneck, and I was wearing turtlenecks back then. And also, uh, Gordon sang this heartfelt song. Gordon was the black guy. Um, this heartfelt song called, uh, how did it go again? If I had a kid, I'd want him to be just like you. It was really nice. Anyway, um, we were kind of, what do we call it, post-racial. Then all of a sudden, everything's about race. And uh, we don't. it doesn't have to be. It shouldn't be. It's just kind of there. But anyway, it's all anybody wants to get hung up on, right? And there's this uh, pressure campaign that people who are not of color are supposed to sit down and shut up. Kind of like what Kathy Hochul did during Black Lives Matter, voluntarily. There she is, the number two official in New York State. And the state is burning, right? There's chaos everywhere. 
And I got the quote. She said, at this moment in time, my job is to sit and listen. She was apologizing for being white. What? <laughs> Just, you know, I'm not a, I'm not proud of being white, but I'm not, not ashamed of it either. Okay. And too many people want me to be ashamed because I'm white. Nobody. I don't care what you look like, who you are. It's, it's a given. That's who you are. Nobody should be ashamed of who they are. Nobody should be really particularly proud of what they were born as, in my opinion. That's why I never really understand gay pride. I mean, I just, I, I, I don't, I don't get it. You know, I'm proud of my, could you imagine me if I went around proud of being a heterosexual person? You know, you know, we had a character like that on Saturday Night Live. We called him Merv the Perv. Anybody remember that character? It was, it was ludicrous. And that's what made it kind of funny. Back when SNL, for the most part, was, was funny. What is it like being a cop right now in New York City? It's got to be, well, it's different. It's different. You know, I know somebody, actually. Uh, this past Halloween, they had their kids dress up as, guess what? New York City police officers. I got a picture. These were the cutest outfits. I, that was my go-to costume when I was growing up. And um, uh, I had a little toy gun and a holster and I actually had a real NYPD patch, and I'd go around. I was so proud, and I, uh, for a long time, I wanted to be a cop. Anyway, I hear from the parents of these two kids that they were getting a lot of shade out there, like somehow dressing up as a police officer was politically incorrect, maybe even insensitive at this time. At this time of racial reckoning, how dare these white children dress as police officers? What a sick moment we are in. But I do feel like there's going to be a great correction, and it's going to start on Tuesday. Uh, hey, is he on the phone? He is. Uh, the longest-serving New York City police commissioner in the history of this city, Ray Kelly, who happens to be my father. Uh, welcome back to uh, the show. How are you? Hey, great to be with you, Greg. So fine, thanks. Terrific, terrific. Hey, I was telling everybody that story about how you remember when we went to uh, Times Square stores? I was like seven years old. Uh, Jimmy, I think, was 10, my older brother. We went to a department store, and m- Mom went in to return something, a gift, uh, an aircraft carrier, a toy aircraft carrier. I was oblivious to what happened, but you were in the car, and you witnessed something. What did you witness? What did you remember seeing? Well, I saw a man standing by the door of Times Square stores, and this was at night, it was dark, but he would look over people uh, coming in. And, I, you know, I I was an anti-crime at the time, and I was pretty sensitive to some of these moves. So uh, a woman uh, was walking into the store, and this individual uh, took her bag, snatched her bag, and he ran, he ran across uh, uh, Peninsula Boulevard, and uh, I drove, uh, you know, I drove over the divider, and that's what I think uh, got you, you uh, guys, uh, a little upset. Oh, wait a second. Well, let me let me jump in here. I mean, it, first of all, it was thrilling. We went from zero to a hundred in point five seconds. <laughs> I never saw. I never knew it was possible. And yes, we're jumping over traffic islands. And then I say, "What happened?" And you said, "I'll never forget it." Somebody did something bad. And that was like, that's that's what you did for a living. You went after bad people, and it was the most thrilling thing in the world. Scary, yes, but kind of thrilling. Anyway, so there we are. We're in the car. We're chasing down this guy in a station wagon, by the way. 
What happened next? <laughs> well, we caught up to him, and I got out of the car. I, I did have my gun out, and uh, he turned to me. He had the bag in his hand, and he said, go ahead, shoot me. I have nothing to live for. So I said words to him, like, yeah, I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> words to that effect. And uh, he dropped the bag, and he, he took off. And it, as I say, it was dark. It was an empty lot. And uh, you guys were in the car. Uh, you were crying. One of you was crying because uh, you hit your mouth on the seat. And uh, there was a little blood there. So, uh, obviously, I, you know, I didn't run after him. I went back to the store. We drove back to the store. And what was funny is your mother was in the store. And uh, the police uh, arrived. And I got in the back of the police car which had a cage in at the time. So I'm sitting in the back of the car telling the uh, police officers uh, what happened. And your mother walks out of the store, <laughs> sees me in the police car behind the cage, you guys in the car kind of crying. <laughs> and, uh, you know, <laughs> what's didn't, going on here? Didn't look yeah. good. It, it all look, worked out. Well, I remember, uh, I remember this so vividly. I remember seeing your gun out, uh, I remember that words were exchanged. I could not hear the words. Uh, I remember you telling me what he said. Go ahead and shoot me. I have nothing to live for, which really struck me as like the saddest thing I'd ever heard. You know, I mean, what? Wow. And also, uh, I remember the purse being like this, you know, lumpy kind of knapsack. And this guy just risked his life. I also remember being disappointed that we didn't catch the guy. But given the circumstance, I'm like, well, you know, why didn't you go after him? And I think you said, well, because you guys are here, which makes sense. You know, you could you couldn't leave us there and chase over the fence after this guy and, and, and all that stuff. But, man, right. sure. and you know, here's something else in the story. We go home and I do remember this. We stopped at Dairy Barn in Baldwin and you were done talking about it by the time we got to Dairy Barn. You were talking about other things and. You know, for me, I don't think I stopped thinking about this for a year. I just thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever witnessed. And you were, you, it was, for you, it was back to business in moments. And that's because this was your business or back to business as usual. You did this every single day. Well, not exactly something like that, but I was in the anti crime unit at the time and there was a lot of crime in those days. So we were very, uh, we were very busy and made a lot of arrests. But, uh, you know, it was at the time of the times. That's what was going on. This was uh, in the 70s, I guess the early 70s or mid-70s. Well, who'd have thunk it that? I don't remember when it was. Jimmy and I, we were riding shotgun with the future police commissioner. That night, I think you were just a sergeant. You'd ultimately become the police commissioner, one of the uh, superstar police commissioners, if not the superstar police commissioner, no one has uh, had your record, you know, the terror attacks thwarted and crime still reduced to record lows, even after it was driven, you know, it was a real challenge to keep those numbers down. Um, and you did record, record achievements. What do you, when you look outside, when you drive around the city, when you see what we've become, how does it make you feel? And uh, how, number one, how does it make you feel? Well, I, I know that a lot of hard work was done by a lot of people, not just uh, the Bloomberg administration, uh, not the, uh, you know, just the Koch administration, that sort of thing, but a lot of people 
worked hard to make New York the safest big city uh, in America. As I've been saying, we've been very, we were very proud of that. We were ballyhooing that uh, everywhere. And, uh, you know, it was just a huge effort that looks like it has been, you know, wasted. Uh, people are uh, committing crimes now uh, in, with a with a new boldness. A, a lot of these robberies and things are happening daytime hours, uh, which you know is, is a concern because it shows that the uh, the perpetrators are not uh, afraid of uh, being uh, being arrested. Hey, let me ask you and something. Unfortunately. Kathy Hochul the other night, and I know actually Ray Kelly has endorsed Lee Zeldin for governor. Uh, consider that, folks. Uh, he's made it official. He's endorsed Lee Zeldin. He did it uh, a couple of months ago, actually. Uh, Kathy Hochul, I've seen her now a couple of times try to say that the crime situation is a conspiracy. It's a figment of our imagination. Uh, you know, it's it's all talk. It's not really happening. I thought, number one, I go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I mean, number one, I know it's happening. I mean, I, I, I found her comments to be disgusting and bizarre. Well, we know that 25 people have been pushed onto the subway tracks so far this year. We know that there's nine murders in the subway system so far uh, this year. Uh, we know that index crimes are up over 30% this year. And now uh, there's been a reduction in murder and a reduction in shootings, and that's a good thing. <clears throat> and we can talk about some of the tactics that they're using that I, I think is smart. But the rest of the crime, what I call the mugging crimes, the robberies, the <clears throat> grand larcenies from the person, grand larceny auto, uh, burglaries, they're all up and up significantly. So I, I don't know where she would get that, that it's a figment of people's imagination. Uh, you know, look at the, the the lack of ridership on the on the subway. They're talking to their friends. They're reading the in the paper. They're watching television. They know that uh, you know vicious crimes are happening, and they're they're voting with their feet. They're not going on the subway. It's a, a little over half of what it was prior to the uh, pandemic. That is kind of a silly a silly approach. Um, and then they do this thing about the states, you know, which is uh, obviously driven by cities, major cities in these in these states. So, well, she's a uh, uh, she's a crazy lady, in my opinion. You don't have to go there, but Lee Zeldin is obviously the, you know, the wise choice here, the very clear choice. The poor guy, we got to get him elected. If he doesn't, you know, he's going to be he's going to be the victim of a crime. I mean, I'm sorry, but they came at him with his family with guns. They came after him with a fancy Chinese ninja knife. Uh, you know, what's going to happen next? We got to get this guy some security. All right. Um, True. All right. So I think he's a great candidate. He is a great guy, great candidate. Um, number one, if you could do it all over again, would you would you be a cop? Oh yes, yes. I've had great. Great experiences. Uh, just about everything that I have, or I learned. I, I learned the police department. They sent me to uh, school. I'm at the Harvard for a, a year. 
Um, I was on military leave for uh, three years. Uh, I've met all folks, uh, <laughs> kings and queens even. Uh, so I've had tremendous experiences. I consider myself extremely fortunate, and I certainly would do it all over again. And, you know, a little bit we talked about it. Like when your job is catching bad guys, you know, look, it's tough work. It's dangerous. But believe it or not, at times it can be just slightly fun, can it? Well, it's exhilarating. <clears throat> you see somebody that you think is going to commit a crime. And uh, if they do, and perhaps there's a chase involved, and, uh, you know, maybe putting it on a radio or running after this, this person, and uh, he's caught, uh, that's a real high. You know, it's like uh, probably what, what people feel when, they, when they're when big game hunting, only these are, these are human beings, you know, and uh, we... Uh, my group in uh, preaching in the Upper East Side, one one month made 17 observation robbery arrests, you know, which is uh, incredible. But it, it shows you it's sort of a sign of the times in those days. This is the 70s. Uh, heroin was all over. Cocaine was uh, starting to become used in, uh, you know, great quantities. Uh, so it was, uh, you know, it was a busy busy time, but it was, as I say, exhilarating when somebody was uh, you, you witnessed them commit a crime, yeah. and then, you know, you apprehend them. It's a, it's a high. So, uh, well, we got to make sure that uh, we don't slip all the way back to the bad old days. A big thing we can do right now, Ray Kelly's advice, vote for Lee Zeldin. Uh, Ray Kelly, Commissioner Kelly, my dad, do me a favor, say hi to mom. Uh, by the ways, and uh, we'll talk later. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you, Greg. Okay. Terrific. Good stuff. Take Good care. stuff. Bye. And, uh, ooh, some of you guys have been on hold for a while. I will get to that. We'll wrap up on Pelosi's situation out there in San Francisco and a quick preview of tonight's show. And, oh, by the way, everything I just talked about with my dad is all in my new book, Justice for All, why the woke left is wrong about law enforcement. Uh, you can pre-order it right now at Amazon and wherever you buy your books. Many thanks. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network.